Okay. Okay. Now I have a cat on my back, so that's cool. Ah, that's always cool. So if you hear any meowing, I'm sorry. That's okay. I like meowing. Why is the cat on your back? Um, No one's home, so I left the door open because if I close it, the cat tries to claw her way in and she's ruining the carpet. Yeah, fair enough. So I've got a dog and a cat in here. The dog will be quiet. The cat, who knows? If I've learned anything in my, what, two years of podcasting with you, Jen, that your dogs are never quiet. Well, no, I mean, obviously, like, if there's noise outside or something, but if anything, he's more likely to be quiet in here because he, he's further away from where he would hear outside noises. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if he's loud, it's going to be because something happens. If she's loud, it's because she's a bitch. <laughs> it's because she's a cat, yeah. Yeah. And cats are bastards. Yes. But I love them. Welcome to So What's the Problem, in which we rewatch a movie from our youth to determine if it's problematic by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy. Today we'll be discussing Twins! Oh, which, was <laughs> which was released in the US on um, the 9th of December 1988 and to the UK and Ireland on the 17th of March 1989. It was written by William Davis, William Osborne, Timothy Harris and Herschel Wingrod. It's a great name. And was directed by Ivan Reitman. Stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Dan DeVito, Kerry Preston, Chloe Webb, Tony J, Dave Crusoe, and Marshall Bell. Jimmy and I have thought of three problems each. We'll discuss them. We also have thought of one positive the movie has. Yeah, so this is the first episode of our Schwarzenegger season, let's say. Um, because it's getting interrupted by a Thanksgiving movie. So it's a season and not a... And not a month. Um, yeah, so what's your history with this? I saw it once when I was a kid. Yeah, I've seen <laughs> it a few times when I was a kid. Um, I've seen it on VHS and then I saw it on TV a couple of times. And that's about it. It's it's not one I've returned to in Mr. Schwarzenegger's oeuvre because I'm more of an action guy than a comedy guy. Um, so I tend to go... To, more towards Predator and um, The Running Man and movie which I've picked for next week which Jen doesn't know about because <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's not the one we've talked about before um, so yeah it's it's been a while since I've seen this it's been a couple of decades at least since I've seen this movie um, and it's harmless enough yeah I didn't see a lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger action movies when I was a kid. Um, I didn't... It, the ones I have seen, I mostly saw when I was an adult. So, uh, this was one of the few I could think of. Um, no, that's I didn't fine. see I didn't see enough action movies at the beginning. And um, also, I was glancing at the trivia, because I was upset that I didn't get to look at the trivia, and you were like, just go ahead and yeah. peruse real quick. And I'm so glad I did, because I thought that was Heather Graham mm-hmm. playing a young Marianne Benedict... Mm-hmm. But I wasn't sure, and I see in the trivia that it was. So I know I'm not crazy because it was it was an, a time when like 
I wasn't sure if she would be too young for that. Yeah. Yeah, 1988 Heather Graham. She must have been really young, actually. I didn't look up, look up how old she would have been then. Well, that I know that was around the time she was um, offered Heather's. Mm. And I think she was 17 when she was offered Heather's. Right. Yeah, so, so she was still a teenager then, yeah. Because her parents wouldn't let her do it. <laughs> right. Right. So they they let her do the movie where she's impregnated by six men. I, I know it's... <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's just get into... We don't have much to say about this movie, but we'll mm-hmm. try and have a conversation about it. Because the movie is harmless enough fluff, mm-hmm. basically. That it's just... I do have problems with... It has far too many characters. Yeah. It just adds, like, the mobsters, and then there's a hitman who's working separately from the mobsters. And, you know, and then it's it's like... You've got the doctor and the girlfriends. It's 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 a lot, and then you've got Dave Crusoe who disappears. Yeah, I don't think anything happens to him, does it? He just vanishes. I think so. Like the hitman doesn't shoot him. The, the inconsistent hitman who kills people for seeing their faces, except the guys who are also after Danny DeVito. He just shoots him in the leg. My first problem is this, Jen. Okay. Virgin shaming. Yeah. There's, a, there's also a little bit of gay panic chipped in there, but mm-hmm. virgin shaming is is my first problem. I don't think that's funny. Shaming someone just because they haven't had sex. Whoopee. I, I don't either. I don't either. And I, because um, I watched I watched most of it at work today, because I got mm-hmm. interrupted when I started yesterday, and I had just finished catching up on um, the One Tree Hill podcast that the actresses from the show do. Mm-hmm. And they had just talked about an episode where one of their characters says she's a virgin. And they were talking about how, like, impressed they were that no one was shaming her and everyone was really, you know, cool to her about it and stuff. Um, Like, including her boyfriend. And so to go from that (laughs) to this was kind of weird. Yeah. It's not a big deal, folks. It's not a big deal if someone's a virgin at 35 years old. I know you think it is, but it's not. (laughs) That there's reasons for why people would be a virgin at that age. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just get over it. <laughs> um, so what's your first problem? Um, it is uh, related. It, it's, the, it's my biggest problem. It was very upsetting to me. When uh, Vincent says uh, he lost his virginity at 12 years old and she was a nun. Yeah. He was raped. Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. That's... That's not a. That's not funny. He was raped. See, that's the thing, though. I mean, I say this movie's harmless fluff, right? Mm-hmm. But there's still stuff in here that is actually quite sort of. It's kind of dark. It's like you shouldn't really be laughing at that. You shouldn't be making jokes about you know child rape by a nun, um, and uh, the fact that someone's a virgin at thirty five years old. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. That did sort of make me go, oh, for fuck's sake, they're going down the road, are they? And they're making, out, they're making it out that, you know, it's because he's a stud. It's because mm-hmm. he has a way with the ladies that he managed to bag a nun at 12 years old. Yeah, you were raped, mate. Yeah. Maybe that's why you treat women like you do. 
Well, and he said it was a nun too, which means it was somebody in um somebody like at the orphanage or something. Yeah. Which means it was somebody who definitely had like more power over him than just a random adult, you know? Yeah. She um, had authority, yeah. So that's that's it, it's just it's not a funny joke. But they're making it out as though it was all on him. Mm-hmm. They're making it out that he suggests the nun. Well, and th- that's that's the thing is that even today, you know, if you read a story about like a teacher raping a male student, and um, people be be like, oh, you know, good for him. Yeah. Instead of upset about the fact that that happened because that's not a- it doesn't matter what the genders are. It's not okay. No, I know. I know. It's weird that some. God, this is for a, for a PG comedy movie. This is getting quite heavy. Um. Mm-hmm. Well, right. Okay. This is going back to what I was saying earlier on. Then it's not a big deal if someone's a virgin, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not a big deal if you are, say, a teenager and you're a virgin. Well, he was twelve, but like I'm talking about in general, like when teachers sleep with students. Mm-hmm. But they tend to think, oh yes, he's lost his virginity. But not only that, he's lost his virginity to a, you know, an older woman, an authority figure. Go on, son, kind of thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. uh, no. No, it's wrong. <laughs> it is wrong, and you are a fucking idiot. But hey ho. Um, yeah, I agree with you that, Jen. Um, because they show a picture of the nun and him as twelve years old, and he's got a big cheesy grin in his face. Uh, <clears throat> but she gets sacked, so you know, there's that, I suppose. Um, so my second problem, Jen, and this is an important one to me personally, right? Okay. Who's watching the cat while they're all away? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Like, the cat's getting into the garbage because it hasn't been fed. Yes, exactly. The hat man wouldn't have fed it. Maybe he did. Maybe he was nice enough to feed it. But, you know, because maybe he likes cats. But, yeah, that cat's starving to death in that house. Yeah. This is a really dark episode of this podcast with this fucking 1988 Arnold Schwarzenegger Danny DeVito comedy. I didn't think it would get this dark, but here we go. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your second problem? Um. Okay, so this is a problem I have with a lot of movies. So these guys are after him, and they show up at the bar. How did they know what bar he was at? Just because they knew what city he was in. Hmm doesn't mean they would know exactly what bar to find him in. That is ridiculous. That was almost something, that was almost a problem I, I had. I almost wrote it down as a problem, but I, did, I wrote it down as a note. Everybody knows where everyone is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Everybody can find everyone else at any given moment. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Because the hitman finds him at the end. I know that they're supposed to be twins and they've got this sort of twin thing, but um, it's like, are they all related? Did, did the, the the embryo split? And it should be embryo. It should be. What is it? Zygote. It's not an embryo that splits. Anyway, did it, did it split into, like, millions of people? Is everyone in this universe able to find everyone else at any given moment? I don't know. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And they're really pushing it with the whole twin sense thing. Yeah, when he's walking down the street and then he starts like tapping his own face because Danny DeVito's doing it in the car. It's like, mm, no. yeah, I'm not. A, that was almost one of my problems. So yeah, so now the movie's supernatural, <laughs> right? So, um, my third problem is kind of 
related to your problem about the nun and women in this world are here to breed and that's it Vince is sleeping with every woman he meets including mm-hmm. the nun when he was a kid um, he flirts with his secretary the, the mother is only there to <laughs> to uh, um, give birth to this superhuman. and then it wouldn't bother me as much but the end of the movie both men have fathered children at exactly the same time. So both these women, these girlfriends, are now only in the movie for that sli- that sight gag at the end. And the women are only there to breed. Yeah. So, if you think about it, every, every single woman is just there just for, apart from the women singing the song <laughs> at the bar. Uh, but every single woman is there just to flirt or, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm... It doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Written by four men. Yeah, you could tell. You can tell, yeah. But it's just annoyed me. It's like, I remembered the bit at the end with the kids. Mm-hmm. But if they didn't have the gag about the nun, and if he didn't flirt with the secretary, and if they didn't have the kids at the end, it would have been alright. But every single woman is just there to flirt with and to have sex with. Mm-hmm. Because he also cheats with two different women. The women at the beginning, and then the next door neighbour. Yeah. He's also slept with. So, you know, it just annoyed me, this movie's treatment of women. Well, in the way that they had Julius's character, I had trouble believing that he was someone who would just... After having what was probably his first kiss ever, that he would just sleep with someone. I know. But then again, it's the 80s and they were virgin shaming him. So, you know... He had to, I suppose. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. Anyway, what is your third problem? Um, my third problem is at the end when they pull the chains down. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, okay, first of all, wh- why? Why are there all these chains? Why is there? Why is the chain so long? Also, the chain clearly kills that guy, and they're just like, chill. Like, he's like... There's a man with a lot on his mind, and Julius laughs. Like, Julius, I... Look, look, Vincent, I get. But is Julius really going to be so calm about having just killed someone? Yeah, because he's... he's, Throughout, he's a pacifist, and he doesn't like violence. Mm -hmm. But when um, uh, Vince hits someone later on, um, he cheers it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's supposed to show that he's also getting accustomed to violence as well, um, since he's moved to America, mm-hmm. um, and violence is always okay in America. Yeah, um, but murder is still different from just general violence. Yeah, how do they explain the murdered man? How do they get rid of the murdered man? Um, I'm guessing Vince, they just walk away. Yeah, because Vince is a Vince is a con man. He, he guaranteed he has a, a sheet. <laughs> at the local police station, there's a rap sheet on him. Mm-hmm. Guarantee it. He's been he's been caught doing things, and he's committing the crimes of the cars. And David Crusoe's in and it of the cars, um, and nothing happens to him. And it's like this is all in the name of a fluffy family comedy movie, and it's it's quite strange. But yeah, they they murder a man, yeah, and then walk away laughing. Yeah, yeah. This movie's dark. It is very dark. And, but yeah, it's still just sort of light and fluffy at times. It's mm-hmm. like, 
it is a family comedy. There is like um, you know, lightness in it, but then there's just these dark moments. Um, if the hitman killed that cat, I would have switched the TV off. <laughs> so I'm glad he didn't. He yeah, for a second I thought he was going to. Yeah, but he didn't. He petted the cat, and that was good. Um, I still don't understand why he didn't shoot those three guys though in Vince's house, like in the head. Yeah, I don't know. He saw his face. Anyway, my positive is, uh, and this is the, the first movie, just the first movie in Arnie's season, so I'm quite surprised that we got to this this quickly. But I like that they actually have an explanation for Arnold Schwarzenegger's accent in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because he was brought up on a, a an island with limited people and uh, I think he was a German man. Um, and he picked up the German man's accent. It's as simple as that. Because other Arnold Schwarzenegger movies you find that they don't explain the accent because mm-hmm. he's American. Like, why does the Terminator speak with an Austrian accent? Um, he's he's an American commando in commando. Uh, you know, it's just things like that just always bug me a bit. Same with um, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Sometimes more Jean-Claude Van Damme is more sort of like, oh, he's Canadian. That explains the French accent. Mm-hmm. You know, he's Canadian. But yeah, so that's my positive, that they actually do explain his accent. So what's your positive? Well, first of all, is it the first Terminator movie where he says, I'll be back? Yes. Okay. That's the first first time he said that, yeah. All right, then I'm changing my positive. Okay. My positive is, because there's a point where he says to someone, if you're lying to me, I'll be back. Yeah. Now, you know that was probably purposeful, right? Yeah. But it was subtle. A lot of times in movies when they do things like that, like a little callback to an actor's previous work. Mm-hmm. It feels like they're winking at the audience. Yeah. But that was very subtle. Yeah. Yeah. I um, like that. It's not as subtle in, say, Commando, um, which was 85, the year after Terminator. And I don't know if he says it in... He says it in uh, The Running Man in 87. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Don't know if he says it in Predator. I don't think he does. It's also 87. Uh, and Rod Deal was also 87, and I don't think he says it in that either. So it's it's a myth that he says it in every movie in the 80s. But um, it, it's good when it's subtle and it's not, like, shoehorned in. Well, because those jokes, um, you know, it's the first time you watch the movie, like, especially if you're, like, if it's something you're excited about and you're watching it in the theatre, um... It, and everybody else is laughing. It can be funny, right? Mm-hmm. But then later, when you watch it again, it's usually annoying. At least for me. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why I'll be back became his catchphrase anyway. I mean, why Why is that a thing? I don't know. People just latch on to certain things. Um, yeah. It's strange, though, I'll be back. Because he says it in Terminator and in the very next movie after think is Commando and he says it in that. So it's Commando that actually really started the trend um, because it decided to use one line from a previous movie. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a bit weird. So what was your what was your other positive thing because you said you oh, changed it? Um, so 
obviously they're playing with stereotypes of this movie that usually um someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be more of a lunkhead, like he's not going to be very smart and stuff. And I actually thought they did a really good job of pulling off like this is a smart cultured guy. Um yeah. that that you know might not work with a lot of action heroes that maybe aren't not that he was bad in this but aren't amazing actors you know yeah no i think he's good in this yeah he is he is i think i think this is a good role for him um and this was his first uh since he broke into like action movies because he did a comedy he did a couple of comedies before he became an action star um but this was like his first action eh, sorry first comedy movie as um a bona fide superstar yeah i i mean i w- i always wish he'd do more comedies um and even if they're action movies i'm a fan of the action comedy yeah but i mean <clears throat> what other of his comedy movies have worked well i know you don't like it but i really love true lies well that's well you see i i i count that as an action movie. But it's an action first. comedy, like you have I know, I know, but I would count this as like a comedy. I would count um say Junior as a comedy and uh, uh Jingle All the Way as his comedies. And I think this is the only one that really works. Yeah, but so. I'm talking about like specifically action comedies. Yeah, but I was talking about specifically comedy. Okay. <laughs> but I was saying I was saying that I wish he'd do more comedies, but then I added, like, even if they were yeah. action comedy, and okay. so I got I'll, confused. I'll give you true lies, but, yeah. But I was talking more like just, like, the sort of yeah. broad sort of... I mean, even Kindergarten Cop is, like, an action comedy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really do... I mean, Junior doesn't... Does he punch anyone in Junior? I've seen it once. I don't remember it. He must do, right? Because they can't really take Arnold away from that thing that made them famous as being this big action guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he must punch someone at least once in Junior, even though it doesn't call for it. Um, and then I bet you in Junior it's only because since he's pregnant, you know, mm-hmm. it's, oh, aren't women, you know, violent when they're pregnant? They get really agitated and punch people it's probably that kind of joke i punched a lot of people when i was pregnant yeah yeah they deserved it though (laughs) um yeah well as long as it deserved it that's fine uh right so i have some notes um gonna have to pad this run time out so um like the premise of the sequel that's supposed to be coming up (laughs) yeah right that's supposed to be hanging around. It's been hanging around for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, triplets. The premise to that movie is already negated by this movie. Doctor Werner at the end is with the family, so he's like been friends with them now. So now we're just going to say, oh, but Doctor Werner was a dirty liar because he also knew about this other child. Triplets makes no sense. I haven't seen the movie yet. It hasn't been made yet. It, I don't think it's ever going to be made. I don't think so either. And um, who is it? Tracy Morgan. It's going to be. It's. It, it was supposed was to be Eddie Murphy. Be, yeah, but now it's Tracy Morgan. Oh, are they still talking about it? Yeah, Tracy Morgan signed on like a few months ago. Oh, really? Okay, I thought it was because I tweeted um, if they're going for triplets, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger 
and uh, Danny DeVito are both in their 70s and Jason Morgan's in his 50s. Yeah, that makes even less sense than the premise of the movie. Yeah, so why not get somebody like Danny Glover, who's mm-hmm. also in his 70s? Does Danny know? Glover still work? Occasionally. Occasionally, yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if he was retired. I think. Maybe he has, but, you know, it would be good to see him do another movie. Uh, 1980s PG ratings where you can say slut, bullshit, make masturbation jokes and see nudity in a Playboy magazine. Because you saw boobies in that magazine. Yeah, well, you can always say slut. Um, Yeah, but you can still say slut in a PG. Yeah, well, you could say it on TV. True, but that, that, see, that's weird, though. Because you can have a lot of violence on TV, and then it would make the movie, if it was released in the cinemas, it would be rated R. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very weird, your television in the US. Um, PGs have become heavily sanitized these days. And it's very rare for a movie to be PG now. Mm-hmm. Um, usually they would just like add a fuck in there and just make it PG-13 anyway. But like kids' movies are generally, I don't know, say maybe Disney movies and stuff like that. Um, whereas 80s and 90s you would have a lot a lot of PG movies. Uh, family oriented movies. And I think that's sort of like a dying thing now. Yeah. There's not that many getting released. It's more, And as much as I love superhero movies, superhero movies does have a lot to they do have a lot to answer for because that's basically all that's getting made these days in, in you know, family entertainment, those and uh, Disney movies, you know, so mm-hmm. or Pixar movies. So, yeah, PG in the 80s was completely different to what it is now. Uh, I don't even think you're allowed to say shit in a, a PG, in American movies anyway, you still can over here. Yeah, it it seems like kids' movies. I mean, we talked about this with like Mighty Ducks and stuff like that. Like that, it was a yeah. little grittier um, back in the day, and now it's just kids' movies. Often, just feel like kids' movies. Like whereas when I was growing up, my parents could enjoy the movies I watched on a different level. Mm-hmm. There's very few. Now that I'm thinking about it, you know what it is? It's not. It's that there's not a ton of family films. Like that's yeah. the difference. Is it's kids' movies that come out. But, like, something like Mighty Ducks, that's a family film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need to bring this shit back. Yeah, because this is, this is essentially a family film. It's dark, mm-hmm. but it was 1988. But it's PG. It's rated PG in the UK as well. And this brings me on to... I did a little bit of research, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, I was bored after watching <laughs> this movie. And... When this movie was first shown on British TV, it was shown on the 28th of December 1992. So, three years after it was released in the UK, because it was released in 89. Um, And it was shown at 7pm on BBC One, so obviously it was edited. And I do actually remember this. I remember when I was watching this and they used the word dickhead. I remember in the the BBC One edited version, they say slime ball instead of dickhead. (laughs) And I found out that that was... Someone else actually remembered that. Um, but I went down a rabbit hole, Jen. I looked through all the, the premieres, the, the TV movie premieres on um, mostly BBC One uh, back in 1992, right? So 
for those of you who don't know, Christmas TV is a big deal in the UK. Mm-hmm. We get Christmas specials of our, all our shows, right? So, like, if there's a sitcom that was on, we'll get a Christmas special of that sitcom, usually shown Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or whatever. It's a big deal, right? Doctor Who usually gets a Christmas or New Year special. Um, some dramas would get Christmas specials. Our soap operas are on on Christmas Day. They're showing their Christmas specials then. Uh, but for the longest time, it was a big deal when a movie came on TV. And it would be a big deal for like a movie to be released. Uh, be released. It would be a big deal for a movie to be shown on Christmas Day after the Queen's speech. Because uh, our, our Queen does a speech at uh, 3pm every Christmas Day. Uh, and then at 10 past 3, BBC One usually show a brand new movie that's never been shown on TV, TV before. And that's where, like, Back to the Future and Indiana Jones movies and stuff like that would get their premiere back in the 80s and early 90s and stuff, right? Crocodile Dundee as mm-hmm. well. Um, that's where I first saw it. No, second time I saw it. So I went down this rabbit hole and other movies that got their first showing on British TV that Christmas season, right? So we're talking... Christmas 1992, so this is between, I think, the 18th of December, no, 19th of December up until uh, the 28th or something, right? So these movies were also shown for the first time in British TV. Prancer, you ever heard of that movie? Yeah, I've heard of it, I haven't seen it. Prancer, it's the tale of a girl finding one of Santa's reindeer and Sam Elliott's in it. Um, Dead Calm. Starring Sam Neill and Nicole Kidman. UHF, starring Weird Al. That was filmed here. <laughs> what was it? Excellent. Um, sea of Love, uh, Al Pacino movie. The Boy Who Could Fly, featuring Fred Savage. Oh, I used to love that. I've never seen it. I haven't seen it in so long. Like I don't remember much about it, but I remember I watched it over and over. See, that's one we should do. I don't <laughs> I don't even think about things like that. I, I don't think about that movie unless it comes up somewhere else. Yeah. Here's another one I think we should do. Three Fugitives. Yeah, I Starring I Martin Short. Mm-hmm. Um, Young Blood, starring Rob Lowe. When Harry Met Sally. Gorillas in the Mist. And Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was the Christmas Day movie. Uh, it's not the, it wasn't the greatest year for premieres. <laughs> um, but I just decided that I would read those out because I was down that rabbit hole and wrote them down. <laughs> My last note is, uh, I, I noted it earlier, but I, I actually knew this when I was watching the movie, but when Dr. Traven um, is explaining an experiment to the twins, he says that the embryos split to create them. First of all, embryos do not split. The zygote, which is the, the fertilised egg, splits and uh, splits to become two embryos. Second, if the splitting zygote was the case, Julius and Vincent would be identical twins. Obviously, they are fraternal, where two sperm fertilise two eggs at the same time. So, fuck this movie. Big mistake. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think they thought anyone would care. No, no. We've discussed this before. The internet did not exist. Anyone who knows that would just be like a doctor or something, and they'd never gonna give a shit. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, So, do you have anything to add about this movie, Jen? Um, Well, I... It's so funny because, like, you know, I started it and it was a while before I found a problem. I was worried I wouldn't find problems. And then, of course, I found a bunch. Um, 
But it's always weird when you're watching a movie and you're having trouble fi- finding problems. But it's not like I really like the movie that much. I don't. I don't mind it. It's, I don't mind it. It's okay, but yeah. it's you know, if I never saw it again, I'd be fine. Yeah, I'm never going to watch it again. No. Um. Right. So next week, our second movie in our Schwarzenegger season. Um, we're going to stay in 1988, Jen. Okay. Because there's another movie that was released that year. He did a lot of movies around about the same time. He did 3 in 87, he did 2 in 88. Um, he took 89 off and then he did Total Recall in 1990. Uh, but our next movie is uh, Red Heat. Okay. Starring um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and James Belushi. Uh, and you're going to hit me, Jen. Okay. Because it's the same director as 48 Hours. Oh, gross. <laughs> what was it called? Red Heat. Red Heat. Yeah. Arnold plays a, a Russian cop. Okay. <laughs> it was that a commando, and I love commando, and I just wanted to I, I wanted to talk about something else. Um, I, I know that there is some problems in this movie, which is the point of the podcast. So... Uh, that's all we have time for. Uh, if you'd like to follow the podcast, it's at Drop the Pipe Pod on Twitter. Shiftybench.co.uk is a website. Um, contact at Shiftybench.co.uk is where you can send us emails uh, if you wish. Where can people follow you online, Jen? Uh, Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. Excellent. Thank you all for listening. We'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.